0: You tuned into the wacky Skippy and Dippy morning. Just kidding, guys. Time to get pumped up. We got bench press Brad and caffeinated Carly. You tuned in to what's up.
1: How's it going, guys? This is Brad and Carly with the What's Up podcast Epis- episode. What are we on? Nine. Is it really? It is episode no, nine. Yes, it is. It's not
0: nine. Eight. It's eight. It's not eight. It is, is eight. It eight. Seven was John and Allie James, yeah.
1: Oh wow. That's exciting. So now we're on episode eight. We have a cool guest, IFBB pro, Jordan Plantico. Uh Jordan was a former employee of ours. Uh he's he actually still kinda works with us here and there, so I'm gonna say former, but you know, he's not here all the time, he is moving on to do more coaching because his coaching career is blowing up right now, which is awesome. His Instagram handle, if you want to check him out, is at ifbbpro underscore Jordan We'll put it in the show notes and everything so you guys can see that. Um, and if you guys are interested in coaching, check him out. Uh, he's he's huge. You, you've seen him. He's, he's a huge guy. He knows what he's talking about. He did awesome at our stores working for us, so it was a bummer to see him go. But he's definitely knowledgeable in anything with training, bodybuilding, nutrition, supplementation. He's pretty well versed across the board in everything, so he's an awesome guest to have on the podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited because I clearly don't know anything about bodybuilding, really. And I'm excited to know what the life of a pro bodybuilder looks like.
1: Yeah, and a quick side note, Jordan... Is going to the Olympia. He was at the Olympia last year, and he compete, competes in the Classic Division.
0: Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Wow, yeah. i will have to ask him about that. Yeah, what he's then. big
1: time. He's big time. All right, so here we go.
0: All right, Jordan, so thank you for being with us on the What's Up podcast. We're so excited to have you here. First off, why don't we have you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: Sure. So um, obviously, as you guys know, I, I used to be employed with Supplement Warehouse, and I used to be the store manager for West Dallas. Um, now I, I coach full-time and do personal training as well. Um, I am a professional bodybuilder in the IFBB. And um, I think that's those are kind of the big bullet points. Passionate video gamer, stuff like that. <laughs> Little fun hobbies. I like yeah. food. <laughs> so wait, what, what video games are you playing? Um, well, right now... I was actually just playing Kingdom Hearts three, which is kind of like a mix of Final Fantasy and like Disney characters.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah.
2: You you know, you know what game I'm talking about? I do. I
1: think uh, like three four people in the office actually were pretty stoked on that game when it first came out.
2: Yeah, they just came out with a new version, like the Reminded, which is like some of the backstory of um, Kingdom Hearts three. But yeah. Between that and then Call of Duty, I play Call of Duty sometimes when I feel competitive.
1: Yeah, I know. When I was on, I mean, this isn't related, but whatever. When <laughs> when I was in Florida a few weeks ago, uh, they had like a PS4 there with Call of Duty on it. I didn't play Call okay. of Duty in like six, seven years, and the moment I hopped on, I was like, "Oh man, it's all coming back." It's like I got to get one of these. Yeah. I got to get the game. I got to get everything going again.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you were like me, but when I when I got back onto playing <laughs> Call of Duty. I don't really have a lot of time to play video games, but when I do get on, I get my ass worked most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <I> guess, <yeah. laughs> and yeah. that just makes me more competitive. Like, I, I will get you. Just give me a second. <laughs> yeah, you got you to get warmed up for you know, a yeah, few I hours. Need, I need a couple <laughs> games to get warmed up. Yeah. I need the right map, the right guns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what made you get into bodybuilding? What was your, uh, What was your drive there?
2: Oh, what got me into bodybuilding? It, it was a few different things. Um, I would say, like, it started with weightlifting before it was actually the, the ideology of bodybuilding with, like, the nutrition and everything. Um, I was just into lifting weights. That was encouraged to me by my coaches for both wrestling and football. And I noticed pretty quickly that I was, I guess you could say the gains came quick. Like... um. I didn't really have to pay attention to the the food that I was eating necessarily, as long as I was eating. Um, I actually started to put on a reasonable amount of size for my age. Um, I started lifting when I was probably 12, I think 12 years old, and really started lifting more seriously when I was 14. But really from like young. 14 to yeah, 14 yeah. to 15, like I put on like 10 to 15 pounds of lean muscle just because I was in the middle of puberty. Yeah, um, I was actually,
1: but when we were going through this, I was looking through your Instagram and I saw a picture you posted recently of you going into your junior year.
2: Yeah, better better <laughs> shape than I've ever 16. been in my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was me at 16. That was like the, the proudest picture I could have gotten from <laughs> yeah. um, like my teenage years. That was <laughs> about three years and three or four years into lifting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you started uh, weightlifting for football and for wrestling. So then what made you finally take the leap into you know just doing it for your sports and curriculars extracurriculars to kind
2: of making a career out of it? Sure. Um well after football it was a quick transition to powerlifting and uh powerlifting ran in the same season as wrestling did. So um after football finished for my senior year, I decided not to do wrestling that last year of high school and I ended up doing powerlifting instead and um, I quickly qualified for state I started working with Whitnell high School's powerlifting coach his name was RG and his powerlifting team they helped me get ready for basically USAPL state and I ended up winning state then I I think Nationals was a few a few weeks after that um, I took third at Nationals that was down in Texas and then ended up doing multiple shows um, or competitions and I think it was had to have been 20 no I was I think freshly 19 it's either 18 or 19 I don't know the exact ones but um, I ended up tweaking my back shortly after um, my last powerlifting meet and um, it was my, my lower back just was not cooperating with me so it made it really difficult to train for powerlifting at the time. So then I just kind of transitioned goals. I, I started tra- just trying to put on some, some muscle. And then I, I had some people in my ear that kind of peer pressured me into doing the show and then introduced me to Kevin and Stacy, who are my current coaches that allowed me to, um, do well at my first show. Um, so I, I, I did my first bodybuilding show, I believe it was 2016. And, um, it was my second show where I got my pro card, so that was that was very quickly where I realized that there's some potential here. I got my pro card at 19 years old. So, so just I mean, just
1: to clarify, real quick, because I know a lot of people don't know. So you're an IFBB pro. Can you explain the difference between like what NPC and IFBB IFBB are? Like, what is the distinction between those two, and what they mean?
2: Sure. So the NPC that's uh, National Physique Committee. Um, that is like the amateur level of what I would consider the most legitimized. Organization of bodybuilding. So there's tons of different bodybuilding federations, but I think when you're talking about the most legit slash competitive organization, it would be the MPC and the IFBB. So the MPC is the amateur version of that. And then the IFBB, the International Federation of Bodybuilding, um, that is the professional level for that federation.
1: Right. And a lot of times, you know, to even get into the I think it's every time to get into the IFBB, you have to. Do quite a few NPC shows to even be qualified? Correct.
2: Ultimately, yeah, you have to you have to place very high at a regional show enough to qualify you for nationals. Which I don't remember what the qualifications are now. I think you have to place like third, third or above in in your class to qualify for nationals. Which at some of these regional shows is not a very difficult feat. Uh, the difficult part is nationals. Um, nationals. I mean, there's only. Oh, geez, I don't even know how many national shows there are now. But, I mean, I think there's like six. So, um, the, the funnel gets narrower. So, you, you, the chances of you running into competitive athletes is much higher as you go up, obviously. Right. So, going to nationals, I, I earned my pro card at junior nationals. Um, fortunately, I, I didn't I didn't have to necessarily win the show. Um, it, I had to place top two in my class. So that particular year I placed second at junior nationals and I believe that was 2016. And yeah, that's, that's what ended up. It just happened to be like the one, the one show and then to nationals and I ended up doing well enough to earn my pro card. That's usually not how it goes, but, it's um. Pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, so what are your favorite, if you had to pick, I know you love it. Favorite, aspect of being an IFBB Pro and your least favorite part of being an IFBB Pro?
2: Um. Well, I think when it comes to like my favorite thing about being an IFBB Pro would probably just be the opportunities that start to open up, which I, I want to put emphasis on start to open up because I think a lot of people have this perception that when you become an IFBB Pro, like all of a sudden you can quit your job and you can just... Um, get some sort of lucrative sponsorship that allows you to bodybuild full time, and the money just starts pooling in as you become a better and better bodybuilder. And that's just not what it is—at least not anymore. It's I—I I hate that like downplay it or like kind of ruin it for some people if that's what their expectation was. But like realistically speaking, not a lot really changed when I got my pro card. I think the the exciting thing about it is that like I said, the opportunities start to open up where you can now compete with, I mean, if you're a real bodybuilding fan, like you get to compete with your idols in the mm-hmm. sport. Um, like I got to step on stage with some of the people that I've looked up to and watched on social media for uh, quite a long time. And I, I had the opportunity to meet some of these guys and have conversations with them. And I mean, that in its in and of itself is really, really exciting. Plus like the, the prize money, you can win prize money, when, when you're doing pro shows. And then, yeah, obviously, you, you are just competing against better athletes, which I think anyone who, anyone who, I guess, excels at a particular sport wants to be competing against people who challenge them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, those are probably the, the big pros of being an IFBB pro. I think cons, there's, there's just expectations um, that are assumed by you being an IFBB pro, like I guess within the fitness community, like you're automatically supposed to be some role model. That's, that's just a little bit more perfect than everybody else or something, you know, where, um, they might have people expect you to have like some secret to how you got where you were or yeah, just, yeah. I think just expectations in general, it's just people expect more out of you. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like, I got, personally, I, I could say this from, like, this last year, I got a lot more um, recognition from my first show, which was a regional show that I just, I, I won the overall. It was a big deal, but, like, it was just my first show. It was a regional show. And then I ended up switching and, and going to, um, or not switching, but then, like, when I, when I went to nationals, it was kind of the same thing. It was a really big deal to earn my pro card. Um, But then like this this last year, not that it it wasn't a big deal, but I could just tell like people weren't as enthused or I didn't get as many like thumbs up, bravos, just like recognition stuff. Like I won won two pro shows this year and and qualified for the Olympia. And that's a a really big deal. It Um, is. In in retrospect, like just for anyone, it's a big deal. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a big deal. But like getting to those levels is... It's not a small thing. Winning a pro show is is obviously more difficult than winning a national show. And everyone talks about doing well at nationals and all this stuff. And it's just like winning a pro show is a whole nother level of that. And then to even make it to the Olympia. I mean, that's that takes that's a feat in itself as well. So um, I just think to
1: that point, uh, how old are you? right like you're pretty pretty young compared to everyone else on that stage so that's a pretty crazy feat on its own
2: yeah well that, that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother like sidebar but yeah it's i try not to think about that too much because <laughs> i don't like to justify reasons for any kind I mean, of i mean
1: i'm saying it's it's more you know it's even more of an uphill battle that you did it so young you know usually right it takes years and years and years so that's kind of a point towards you you know
2: no, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah, there's a lot of people that work 10 years, 10, 15 years to even get a pro card, uh, depending on the division. Yeah. So kind of back to
0: what your favorite thing was about that kind of getting to um, work with some of your idols. I think Brad had a question. Who are some of your... Uh...
1: Yeah, so, you know, had, were you on stage with any of like, you know, your, your favorite bodybuilders or your favorite bodybuilders still, you know, competing and stuff? Are your like top idols out of the game now?
2: hmm it, it depends on what you define as idols like there's there's some people who i just have a lot of respect for in the industry that i was really excited to have the opportunity to compete with and and just talk to it i guess as an idol like being almost like like the ideal type role model um i would probably say like Arash rabar um okay he's a he's a classic physique guy I think he just, I, I told him this at the, at the Olympia, but I think he's a great ambassador uh, to this sport. Like, I, I love his mindset. I love his attitude. He's very straightforward. He's transparent about things. He's passionate. He's got a, a, a pretty mainstream physique. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I really like the guy in general. He's just a good person. He, he's not fake or like you can tell it, his ego's not blown way out of proportion. He doesn't put anybody else down. Like, he's just a pretty level-headed guy. But then there's other athletes that I just, I'm, I'm big fans of. Like um, Terrence Ruffin, he's one of my favorite bodybuilders when it comes to like posing. So like a lot of these bodybuilders, I like them for different reasons. But yeah, Terrence, great poser. Keon Pearson, this was kind of his breakout year in Classic. And um, it, was, it was really cool to get to meet him in person. But then, like, I have some of the bodybuilders that I looked up to for a very, very long time, like, when they were in the magazines and stuff that I've, I've gotten to meet over the years. Like, I've, I've gotten to meet Dexter Jackson. Uh, I got to meet Branch Warren. Who also is a really big one? Flex Lewis. Flex Lewis was – I always saw him in the magazines, too, and that was super cool. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of, like, my big idols slash people that I respect a lot in the industry was there
1: was there anyone that you i mean without giving names obviously was there anyone that you met that you were kind of like bummed about how they were in real life versus who they were portrayed as on social media or in the magazines or anything like that
2: (laughs) exposed i mean like without
1: giving names honestly i mean did you ever run into that
2: experience um kind of kind of um i don't think any of them were like polarizing where it was like whoa like you're (laughs) way different um but you know like i think some people do put on like a a personality for for um, their media outlets and stuff. And that, that kind of comes with the game, I guess. Uh, it, it, I can see in certain instances where you have to, to play up to certain expectations. But for the most part, I would say more often than not, I was actually surprised to know how genuine some of these guys actually are. Yeah. At least the higher level guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I know I'm very curious about this because I don't really know – too much about bodybuilding. What does like an average competition day look like for you?
2: <laughs> um average competition day. Um I would say thirsty. That if I had to give <laughs> one word, <laughs> um you were very thirsty that day. Competition day, I guess we could kind of start from the beginning. Um when you wake up usually that morning, like you're you're usually very flat. You usually aren't drinking water the day before that. So, I mean, you wake up flat with dry mouth and you're thirsty um, and you're tired and you look in the mirror, you know, it's show day. So you're looking at how you look and everything and almost every time without failure, a little flat. So you got to get a-, a meal in that's going to help fill you up a little bit. And we usually get up pretty early on show day because yeah, I mean, you sleep in your tan. So, you got to take a look and usually you got to do touch-ups of some kind. So that morning, like I remember specifically junior nationals, like I was up at like five, five or four 30 in the morning. And we're, we're all in our respective hotel rooms and I get a knock on the door and it's my, it's my buddy, Rory. It, his, he's got this crazy hair. Like he literally just dragged himself out of bed because <clears throat> he was going to help to help tan me in the bathtub that morning. So it's just, yeah, you're like zombie walking to go get tanned up and stuff. And you're constantly thinking about like, well, hopefully I, I fill out like you're, you're you're eating your food and everything and you're in contact with your coach. And I mean, you're really just kind of listening. And I don't know, I almost feel not totally present until I'm like at the venue. I feel like my mind's just kind of all over the place. Not I, w- I don't want to say it's like an anxiety type thing, but it's just you're you're contemplating different things and you're. Um thinking about different scenarios that can and can happen or might happen um but what, but, what are you eating yeah. for
1: those meals because I know you're not eating you know anything crazy is it just pretty much like carbs
2: yeah I, on the day of the on the day of the show I think fats and carbs take precedent over the protein necessarily like that's like the one day where a protein is not really that big of a deal so we have less portions of protein like if going into the show maybe I'm at like seven to nine ounces of a particular meat either it's fish chicken or beef but like on show day it's usually like five or six ounces of fish or beef and then a lot of it is just rice rice is probably one of the most um, gut friendly or digestive friendly carbohydrates so it's really it's really easy on the stomach and you want to minimize inflammation and bloat in your stomach so uh, we we really just stick to foods that are going to provide good energy sources um without causing any bloat or inflammation so it is, it is kind of like pretty one-dimensional it's like beef and rice fish and rice a little peanut yeah. butter here and there some rice cakes maybe but that's it okay mm.
0: and what are your supplements of choice you have a couple like staples when you're really training hard that you incorporate into your regimen
2: <laughs> a couple um, you guys probably know me pretty well. I, I I use a lot of different natural supplements, so um, it's it's gonna be really hard. Hu- you can we go by category? <laughs> let's just go. Why don't we go by favorites? Favorites. Um. Well, I would have to say if we're just going with favorites, like um, let's say
1: you you could only have five. Like you could only pick five, and that were it. What are your five essentials that you're gonna do?
2: Yeah. Okay. Because the essentials are different than my favorites. Because the essentials are the essentials. Where like I have to have them. Well, like, then, then let's do
1: favorites. That'll be, that'll be more interesting.
2: Okay. Yeah, because yeah, with the essentials, it's going to be like the things that I, I can't totally get from food in adequate yeah. doses, like your probiotic, your, your omega-3 fish oil, your, your multivitamin, things like that. But when yeah. it comes to favorites, I do really like um, a powdered nootropic blend, either Focus XT or um, Skywalk.
1: Yes. Um, Which Brad, you were the one that turned me (laughs)
2: on to the Skywalk in the first place. It is amazing.
1: I'm drinking a scoop right now.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yes. I I mean I almost have that every morning. I think um I think it was the smart AF or whatever. Yeah. Um that flavor. I tried almost all the other flavors and that first flavor that we picked was the best one. Yeah, yeah, that one. So that really was good. that was a good choice, but yeah, I, I like both of them. I think uh, Skywalk has a little bit more caffeine, so I use that one if I really need a little more of a kick in the butt. But um, Focus XT I like because there's no proprietary blends, so I know exactly what's in there. Mm-hmm. I get a, an acetyl based L-carnitine in there, which is nice. Alpha GPC and um, I think choline bitartrate, a little blend there. Both L tyrosine and acetyl tyrosine with two different types of caffeine, that di-caffeine malate that lasts a little longer yeah. with, the, with the regular caffeine, the caffeine anhydrous. Um, it's not over the top. Like, I like that one because it's, it's almost like a tall cup of coffee. It's like 150 milligrams of caffeine. It's just, it's real functional. Yeah. I don't feel like I crash with it.
1: It lasts, I feel like it lasts a long time too. Like it's not a crazy high stim. It just feels like good focus for a long time.
2: It does. It does. And I think to piggyback off of that, like another favorite supplement of mine is just supplementing separate alpha GPC. I just, I find that helpful for a general uplift of cognition. I just, it's a, it's the most bioavailable form of choline that you could probably get. And yeah. I don't know, I, I might microdose it later on in the day with caffeine or maybe even without it. I don't necessarily need the caffeine with um, a lot of my non-stimulant pre-workouts have alpha GPC in there. Yeah, that's, a, that's another big favorite of mine. Um, trying to think of other big favorites. I really do like the lies from Species Nutrition that I've been using recently. Yeah, um, I've tried other psyllium husk fibers. I've tried one from GNC before, and then I've tried the Now Foods one, which both of them... They they work fine. I just was not aware of the different grades of psyllium husk. Like different types of psyllium husk have different swell rates, um, which basically will determine how effective they are within the colon. Um, so the fibolize has a really high swell rate and it's flavored mango, which I just throw it in the Isoflex peach chiller flavor. So it's like yeah. a peach mango. Oh, it's delicious. And it's super easy to get down. But, and with that,
1: with the lies, if you have a little bit left over in your cup, you can see it soak up all that water and almost turn into yes. a jelly if you don't drink it fast enough.
2: Yes. Yeah. If you, if you if you let it sit too long, it makes it really difficult to drink. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think for regularity, good digestion, lowering cholesterol, things like that, just for, I think a lot of people have gut issues that they don't even really realize because they don't, ever pay attention to it too much or it's just really normal at this point for them yes so i i've noticed good digestive benefits from using the Fibolize. Uh, i'm trying to think of one other good one that i i use pretty often um i would probably have to say really any kind of glycerol based non-stimulant pre-workout i know a lot of people like stimulant based pre-workouts but i've been a yeah. big advocate for a while of non-stimulant or low stimulant pre-workouts just because I think a lot of people overuse stimulants in general. People walk around with way too much cortisol as it is typically. And cortisol, it's, it's, I, I don't like to demonize cortisol as a hormone because we need it for performance and just other times of high stress. But I think too many people walk around with elevated cortisol levels all day, and it's, it's hindering their ability to sleep um, and therefore make progress in any of their fitness goals or even just live a better life. Because if you're not sleeping properly, it it makes it really difficult to optimize any other part of your day. I mean, for bodybuilders, uh, your sleep, you grow in your sleep, you you secrete all your natural growth hormone while you're sleeping. Basically, Um, you have your REM and deep sleep cycles, which for bodybuilders, deep sleep is very important. And that is the type of sleep that is more likely to be screwed up or, I guess, shortened from having elevated cortisol. Um, REM sleep i think is more important for like memory consolidation and cognition and kind of emotional resilience for the next day so i think our bodies kind of prioritize that a little more than deep sleep physical recuperation is not as important so like i think in the order of like the sleep cycles you fall into REM before you go into deep sleep and if your cortisol levels are super high you just aren't going to have a lot of time spent in deep sleep so for, especially from a bodybuilder standpoint, controlling stress levels, stress hormones, so you can get good sleep, is I think really, really important. And and for me personally, like when I stress out a lot, I don't, I can't eat, like I I lose my appetite. Not yeah. to mention cortisol is a it's a catabolic hormone, so it, it'll it'll break down muscle tissue if it's if it stays elevated too long. So I think the best bodybuilders in the industry are are going to be the ones that know how to throttle up their their cortisol and their stress hormone when they need to while training, but at the same time, be able to lower it as quick as possible. So having like the right rituals that allow you to bring your nervous system back down to a healthy baseline so you can start that digestive and repair process in the body.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people are probably going to be split on that last thought. Where if you have high cortisol, you can't eat. I think a lot of people on the other end of the spectrum are like, yeah, high, high cortisol, let's smash some food. You know, yep. let's get some yeah. Because some
2: people use that as like an outlet for comfort. Yeah, and that's just not me personally. I, I don't yeah. eat food for comfort. I think it's more of an objective throughout the day. With the with like all the the sleep stuff, do you
1: take any? sleep products, like anything to get to sleep or just make your sleep better? Oh, absolutely.
2: No, that's a good question. Almost without fail, I have at least 500 milligrams of magnesium, preferably some sort of chelated magnesium before bed. And then also reishi mushroom extract. Yeah. Um, From what I've read, reishi can help improve uh, sleep latency. So you fall asleep faster and then it also improves the duration of your REM and uh, deep sleep cycles. So... Beyond that, it's just a great immune booster too. So I take Reishi usually every, uh, like an hour before bed at about a gram and a half, which for me is like three capsules. And then I take another capsule for that 500 milligrams worth of magnesium. When I do need really good sleep or I've, I've fallen behind, I use high-tech pharmaceuticals, uh, Somatomex, um, which is like yeah. a GABA, uh, Finubute type formula, I guess you could say. They promote it as like a natural growth hormone booster thing, but um, I, I don't know how relevant that necessarily is, but I do know you get great sleep. I'm a big fan of Butte for a lot of different things. I, I like I usually throw some Butte into like my Focus XT or my Skywalk because it actually helps me focus a lot. It keeps me calm. It keeps me um, kind of honed into what I need to do, and I, I at least notice it reduces social anxiety a lot.
1: Yeah. And you, I remember one of the times you came into the office, you got... John here, pretty hooked on the idea of a couple, a couple, uh, a couple fenibut and you know scoop of some focus stuff. He, I'm
0: telling you, that is fenibut is his answer for literally everything. I mean, it,
1: it yeah. is pretty. It's pretty crazy versatile. Like you like Jordan said, you, know, if you have social anxiety, it will pretty much wipe that off the board. If you have trouble getting to sleep, it'll knock you out. As far as the quality of sleep, when you're taking probably too much, it's probably not that good. But if you find the fine line of helping it get you to sleep, you probably still can get. Yeah. You know, pretty good deep sleep in there
2: yeah mm-hmm. and some people get like this little afterglow effect they, they take it the night uh before when they're going to bed and then they wake up and they they have this i don't want to call it a buzz but like you have like this uh, the best way to describe it is like an afterglow effect of finibute where um you just kind of feel euphoric in, in the beginning of the day um yeah. it, it kind of s- starts you off on the right foot i was just saying like just with the disclaimer with Finubute, um, it, for people who don't know or haven't used it before it, it is, it can be an addictive substance. So like I use this situationally as needed uh, specifically, and I I do not use this on a regular basis. I would probably use it maybe two to three times a week tops. Um, I, I just use it as needed.
1: That was pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I was also going to say, you know, the capsules usually come, are they 250 or 500
2: milligrams? It depends on which brand. Yeah.
1: And and usually, you know, you don't want to go, I mean, do what you want to do, but you don't want to go more than 500 or 1,000 milligrams because then once you start going more than that, you could start getting some of the negative side effects where, you know. That's you're... when you start
2: getting sleepy. It's yeah. kind of like, it's the same thing with GABA where like GABA in low doses will help manage stress, but then when you increase it really high, you get real drowsy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there there is a fine line, and everyone's different. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's you know, that sounds like something I would want to try out, get some, try it out with one cap at a time, and just do know. I, I mean, I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but if I take it uh, after I've eaten something, the effects take two to three hours to kick in for
2: me. It takes a very long time if I. Oh really? It. Yeah. It's, oh, it's I much- use the I use the Potter form for the longest time now, so it, oh, it, it yeah. hits me a little bit faster. Yeah. But I yeah. think I remember. Um, my first time I used Finubute, I used one capsule. It was 500 milligrams. It was from SNS Nutrition. It was the Finubute XT. I mm-hmm. took 500 milligrams to try it out around like 5 p.m. And then I was driving up north to like Appleton, which is like about an hour and a half drive. By like 7, I was on the road. And it was probably two hours for it to like fully kick in. But like, I'm singing. I'm dancing in the car <laughs> like I'm blasting music like my first experience with phenibut I I felt freaking great. I'm like I've just discovered a wonder drug that you can actually purchase like that's not illegal. That's great. Yeah. So um yeah, I had a really good experience with phenibut. I my first time, I talked my girlfriend's head off for like that whole rest of that day because seriously, like I I was just having um Like cognitively speaking, I think things just flow a lot better. Like you can just, you can process things faster. Sometimes you can talk a little faster. I don't want to say it's like Adderall because you're not super like jittery per se. It's not a stimulant, obviously, because you can take it to go to bed. But it does have this inhibition type effect. That's what it is. That's exactly
1: what it is. Yeah. Good word for it. I think uh, those, those
2: are probably like my favorite supplements in general.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, my first experience with Fenn and butt was pretty similar. I remember, it's it's, it's not, not euphoric, but it's it's pretty close to that word where, you know, you're just talking to anyone who texts you for a really long time. It's almost like, I don't, don't want to get too deep into it, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to take, you know, so if you're going to take it, try it out with a low dose and kind of, you know, work for work forward from there. Yeah, warning, you might talk to people longer than you expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So speaking of long drives, um, do you plan on going to the Arnold this year? It's uh what a week or two away.
2: Yeah, I thought about it initially, but um I I'm probably not. I'm in Florida right now, um, oh, okay. Visiting a, a friend of mine, and just with a lot of the travel because I I went down to Florida last month for Dave Palumbo's Secrets to Becoming a Diet Guru course, and like I went on a cruise back in December too. So like it's been like these last three months I. Ironically, they've all been trips to Florida. But um, it's just been a lot of traveling recently. And with the career transition and then the I I just moved out of my parents' house and I'm in an apartment in Waukesha now. It's just um, a lot of stuff going on, both financially and then just time-wise too, where I'm probably going to be watching the Arnold from my apartment <laughs> this year <laughs> your own home <laughs> yes yes but last year i went and it was that was my first time going and that that was great have you guys have either of you been to the arnold yet
0: no i have not no no Are you
2: going, Brad?
1: um i was i was going to for a little bit um for work <laughs> but i think instead uh i'm going to go to the olympia with ben at the end of the year okay
2: okay you're yeah competing you gotta in make it to the arnold at least
0: you're yeah. competing in the olympia right
2: um, this year we, we will see uh, I don't know necessarily I've been contemplating how I'm going to approach this this season so far um, One of the ideas was competing in like late summer trying to secure uh, a win right before the Olympia and then roll right into the Olympia this mm-hmm. year but I don't know i'm contemplating because part of me feels like I need a little bit more time to grow because I haven't' I'm, I'm probably about eight pounds heavier than my last off season but I, I just don't think at right now that's quite enough of an improvement to to make a difference so I'm kind of on the fence on on competing this year right now okay
0: what is the weirdest thing or weirdest experience that you may have had at a bodybuilding competition
2: <laughs> um you know bodybuilding in general is a weird sport <laughs> yeah. for people on the outside and before I started competing, I was one of those people that were like, some of the stuff, it was just strange. Um, yeah. So, like, the posing trunks you had to wear was kind of like, all right, whatever, I can get over that. Uh, I used to wrestle in a singlet. Like, I can, I can get behind it. Um, but then, like, the, the tanning and the, the, the getting oiled up and stuff, it's like, <laughs> okay. So, like, if I had to say, it was probably, like, my, the first time I was competing and we were getting tanned in their tanning area and all they gave me was a sock and i'm like what am i supposed <laughs> to be doing with this sock They're like oh you, you know you put it on your junk i'm like oh okay so you got this you got this sock oh, that you just put on and you're just standing there with a bunch of other guys like what's up bro how you doing That's hey, hilarious. Right? yeah so i mean everyone's starving and like thirsty probably thirsty <laughs> and Cold, <laughs> and you're just sitting sitting in a tanning room, yeah, just hoping uh,
1: just, the sock stays on by
2: itself. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, man. yeah oh, that yeah, that was a, probably yeah that's that was a good probably one. the <laughs> good yeah, answer. <laughs> the, the most weird or awkward things that I've I've seen at a bodybuilding show. But like once you're once you're in it, like it's kind of normal. And like you don't always have to use the sock now. Like I just wear like my bodybuilding posing trunks because they're like super they're super skinny. Like they're, yeah. they're almost like wearing like a speedo or something. It's even smaller. And I have to wear classic trunks, which are a little bit bigger. So what I usually do is I just, I just pull down the, the, the little waistband on my bodybuilding trunks and then just spray, spray me with the trunks on. Yeah. Cause it looks weird when I'm, like, naked, yeah, because I got, like, these giant tan lines, but <laughs> no one sees it when you're on stage because I'm wearing bigger trunks than bodybuilding yeah. trunks when I'm competing. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That was,
0: funny.
2: <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, so no more, no more socks for me. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so what was, like, the biggest obstacle that you ran into throughout your bodybuilding career that you didn't see coming? Like, something that just kind of surprised you, and you're like, oh, man, like, how do I, how do I overcome
2: this? Biggest obstacle... I would have to say just time management, like as a coach, and then also as like an athlete myself, you hear the excuse, I say it to myself sometimes, and then I hear uh, some of my clients say it is like, they don't have enough time. That's a big objection. And that was something that I had to understand was just a matter of like personal ownership for my time. Um, I didn't realize how, how much more efficient I could be with my time. Because I I heard a quote one time, like, I don't know the exact quote, I'm paraphrasing, but like, Bill Gates has the same 24 hours as we do, yet he's able to generate extraordinary amounts of production and income in the same amount of time that we do. What's the difference between us and him? Well, it's the the, the way he manages his time. So I think that's a a really good point when it comes to time management. We're all busy. I don't know anybody who just sits on a couch and just stares at a wall. Like, we all find... (laughs) Things to do with our time it's it's just a matter of prioritizing what's truly important and when it comes to bodybuilding shows i think almost nothing's as important as the show itself i'll put almost everything else on the back burner and focus on the show so like my obligations to following directions on on my diet and my program like that that comes first before almost anything else mm-hmm. so i gotta make sure my meals are cooked i have to make sure that i have the correct food to be cooking in the first place. I got to get my cardio done in the morning. I got to get to the gym in the evening for weight training. And yeah, like sometimes it gets tough and you got to make judgment calls. You have to cancel plans that you, you really didn't want to cancel, but you have goals. So like you have to, you have to pick. So um, that's a big thing that I think a lot of people will experience going into bodybuilding or really anything that demands 100% of you is you're going to run out of time. And there's always another another level of operation. Like I feel like you can really you can really optimize your time if you're really into your routine and you can make things more efficient. So I, I think that's that's probably the biggest adjustment that I had to get used to was learning how to manage my time um, better than I already knew how. Good point. Yeah.
0: This um, this next one is kind of when we like to ask all of our guests. What would be one valuable piece of advice you'd want to give somebody wanting to become an IFBB pro or just to get more involved in bodybuilding?
2: Patience. Definitely mm-hmm. patience. I think especially in the, the society that we live in now, like, there's a lot of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And changing the physiology of the human body is not a fast thing to do. And if it is, it's very dangerous. So I, I would say just be patient in developing your physique be patient in learning what needs to be learned before before you start doing too much crazy stuff and this can get into like a huge tangent on like performance enhancing drugs and stuff but i'm not even necessarily saying that in general like some people are training like they've been training for like 10 years like they're using certain levels of volume or they're trying to push weights that they have no business lifting yet or they're trying to do these mega bulks and they're eating way more calories than they their body could possibly handle right now or doing way too much cardio like there's just there's too it's almost too much people tend to do too much of things Mm -hmm. um or try and shortcut things somehow um and it's i think it stems from a lack of patience um people get impatient and they they want results now because they have a social media that they have to manage and prove to people that they're progressing in their lives and stuff. And they really have no, I mean, that's just kind of the world that we live in now. Like, I mean, everybody can kind of Google search people or uh, look on someone's social media and they can, they can learn a lot about that person real quickly. And if, if someone's insecure about the way that they're living right now, or they're not happy with the way they look, they feel exposed. That's, that's Mm -hmm. kind of the world we live in now where everyone's kind of exposed. And if, it doesn't look like everyone's got their, if that particular person doesn't have their shit right, like they're anxious and they're trying to do whatever they can to close the gap of that insecurity so that they can portray themselves in this better light. And I think that's just a temptation that a lot of people fall into nowadays that will, you can, you can agree that it's, that's a very short-term way of thinking. It's, it, that's not very strategic long-term. So I would just say if, if you're trying to be a successful athlete, in general, but especially in in bodybuilding, uh, you you need to have patience.
1: Yeah. And with that social media thing, I think one thing that a lot of people forget is – Especially with Instagram, whatever picture someone posts, that is you know what they want you to think their life is like. You know they always hey, are going to post the, the reel. Yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be the best of the best. You know the crazy, awesome vacation pictures on a boat, crazy blue water in a wild place. You know that's not what the day to day is. Everyone has you know the regular day to day stuff. Even when you post pictures with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. I'm sure that couple still has fights, here, you know, But you're always posting the best of the best, so people, you know, probably you know feel down about themselves when they see other people's Instagrams. But think about it; they're just like everyone else. They're just showing you, you know, the
2: absolute highlights, like you said. Oh yeah, and like I'm not going to act like I I don't get caught up in that stuff too. Right? Oh yeah, I, I think it's just it's an it's an awareness thing. It's I think it, with patience. I think the the way to exercise patience is to keep things into perspective. I think that's the that's the the solution to the issue because like I've had a lot of temptations to train harder than I should necessarily um, I, I've, I've wanted to do these mega bulks before and they they're just not sustainable and they cause more health issues than anything I've had several temptations of just taking the shortcut and just use some sort of performance enhancing drug to get me more progress faster there's I I, I wanted to like you know how you get advertisements for like people that say that they can manage your social media and get you all these followers and stuff like all these temptations to make shortcuts and it's um it's there you know so it's bringing it back to what is the goal and if i'm gonna do this really well what's what's an idealistic time frame like yeah it's okay to be ambitious and want to push and get there but it's another thing to, like, take shortcuts and do it suboptimally to, to attain it quicker for that that exterior gratification or validation from other people. Right. Yeah, And it's no. distinguishing that. Like, it's just figuring it out for yourself. Like, what what is the pace that I want to go? And, like, why? Why do I need to have this done at this time anyways? Because, like, I think a lot of people, they have all these external pressures to do things quickly. And that quickly is not always the best way to do things. Like and some things just take longer. Like you can't rush a pregnancy. Like it's just it's, 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 it's gonna take a certain amount of time. So and that's the same thing with developing a business. It's the same thing with developing a physique or altering your health. Like there's just a certain amount of time that is required. And some people can do it faster than others because of their predispositions, but I mean, you're running your own race ultimately. So I think people need patience above everything else.
1: Yeah. Good, good answer. Good stuff. Um, so with all that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Um, are you taking on new clients right now? I am. Yes. Okay. So we're in person and online. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you for you to be their coach?
2: Good question. Um, I am in the process of finalizing some of the details on my website. So, my website's not totally up yet. Um, But it it will be uh, www.jplifestyleandfitness.com. It's lifestyle fitness, so there's no and. But they can always reach me on my my social media platforms. So, Instagram, it's pro underscore Jordan Plantico. And then on Facebook, it's just Jordan Plantico you can DM me or comment on one of my posts and I can give you more details on that stuff.
0: Sounds perfect. Yeah. And definitely keep us in the loop, um, as to what you're doing. I know you used to be, you know, working at one of the stores and we're sad to see you go, but so excited to see, uh, where you're heading.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I got honestly. I'm pretty bummed that you're not at the stores anymore. You know, you were really awesome to work with, but I am glad to see that you know you're taking the next step and doing more stuff at your uh, core of values. You know.
2: Well, I appreciate that, guys, and I, we'll be in communication either uh, via like the podcast or um, I, I will be popping in the stores like here and there. I, I was talking to to Ben, our CEO, about that, and uh, he was. He was saying how he would uh, he wouldn't mind me popping in every once in a while, and we were going to work on a deal where I can collaborate uh, with yeah. at least the local manager in West Dallas, and we could uh, we could figure out some things for growing the business because obviously I want Supplement Warehouse, Best Price Nutrition, Capital Nutrition all to do very well.
1: Yeah, well, that's it's definitely appreciated. Um, so, thank you for hopping on this call with us, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon.
0: Thanks, Charlie. All right.
2: That sounds good, guys. See you, Brett. See, See you, Carly. Bye. Bye.